Blog Talk Radio. We've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again We are exploding, the world is gonna know it We'll rock it like you're never gonna see us again Come on Good evening to everyone. It is 11 p.m. and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Tuesday night, April 15th, 2014. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is Joe Buccino and my co-host is David Gomez. Sir, how are you? Doing fabulous, sir, as always. Excited to get another episode of Pure Gold underway. And I was just thinking, um, we probably should have started off the show with this, but of course you want to do everything bass-ackwards, so folks... Give us a call, 714-364-4721. Check out our website, puregoldpg.com, to be a part of our program. And that's enough of that. That sounds horrible. I tried to get the uh, the Ultimate Warriors team to play on the show, but uh, unfortunately it did not go well, sir. Um, tonight's show, of course, we're going to be talking about the Ultimate Warriors and a lot of other things, but Joe, this is the part of the show where you tell us what we're going to talk about, so uh, let's go. Uh, yeah, great job on that sound bite, let me tell you. Um, so, yeah, we'll be definitely breaking down, um, you know, from last week. Uh, as we left you, you um, folks, we talked about the Ultimate Warrior. We were kind of in shock, speechless, so we'll uh, talk about him. Uh, to start off the show, we'll talk a little bit about WWE, talk about what April 15th seems to be just a miserable day for many reasons, and I'll get into that too. But sir, on the program tonight at 11.30, thereabout, we will be uh, joined by Julie Bueller from Bueller's, I believe, Day Off is uh, her, her talk show. Is that correct? Yeah. Good job, sir. <laughs> as always, you're just, uh, you know what you're doing. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure, as always. <laughs> so so Julie will be joining us She uh, has been on the show a couple times Or once or twice before So we'll get her take on the West Coast sports because Once Apparently she doesn't know much about East Coast So we'll be talking West Coast about her And uh, you know Pure Gold does talk about anything and everything Like we our catch line says So we will definitely be talking about West Coast sports We'll be focusing in on our favorite team The San Francisco 49ers And just pick her apart from pillar to post yeah, of course, we know so much about West Coast sports. This should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we know everything. We do know everything, sir. We're so, like if we have time, yeah, if we have time at the end of the show, we'll definitely talk about some Mets as they're playing right now against the Arizona Diamondbacks, and we'll get into some other nuggets that I have if we have some time. But, sir, last week, as we were going off the air, we heard the unfortunate news of the Ultimate Warrior. One week later. After watching the the stuff that the WWE has put on their network, has put on Raw, uh, give us now your thoughts uh, one week later after hearing about the Ultimate Warriors passing. Uh, I mean, you know, it's so crazy. It's sad. I watching the show last night, you know, guys crying. Uh, Cody Rhodes is emotional. Natty Neidhart was emotional. Or Natty, Natty Wilson, I don't even know. Actually, yeah, Wilson, I guess, is her last name. Uh, so she married Tyson Kidd. Um, honestly, it's just it's still a shocker. I can't believe it. it. It almost seemed like he knew he was going to go. You know, according to the autopsy, he died of a, of a heart disease that he had. Um, you know, like general heart failure, basically. Hardening of the arteries, as it were. So it's a good thing it wasn't drug-related. And I wasn't speculating last week. It's just something that I had to at least mention, because that's always the first thing you think about when it comes to wrestling deaths. And, you know, it got me thinking, I wonder what Vince thinks. You know, he's outlived so many of his superstars. So many of the guys who made him millions of dollars were dead and gone, long gone, and Vince is still alive and kicking, you know, with no health problems or whatever the case is, so it just, it just baffles me. But it's sad, sir. Another doing a word tribute week. Um, there's just so many things, you know, so many emotions. I mean, he, gave, he, he literally was able to deliver his own eulogy, which is just unheard of, and I'm glad that he got, based on everything I've read, I'm glad that he got the opportunity to make amends with everybody that he needed to make amends with, Including Hogan, apparently, it seems like. I mean, they, he, Hogan tweeted a picture of him 
um, the two of them together with somebody else. I think Pat Patterson, actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken. You know, and um, it's just interesting stuff. And, you know, again, Warrior really seemed to be at peace and happy in his life, which is what makes his death that much sadder and more shocking, sir. Yeah, I, I hear you on all that. Um, the thing that gets me is that um, a couple weeks before WrestleMania, when we found out the Ultimate Warrior was being inducted, we, you know, and we, we do take wrestling a little bit too seriously sometimes, but, you know, we try to treat it like a real sport. We talked about how the Warrior wasn't a um, Hall of Famer. We we tried to break it down why he just didn't carry the company like he, we thought he would. But, you know, looking back at it now, I look at his matches, uh, especially during Warrior Week. I've seen some of his matches, besides, obviously, definitely maybe the ultimate challenge. I mean, he had some pretty good feuds. He had some pretty good matches against Andre, against Rick Rude, against Ted DiBiase, even Sergeant Slaughter. So where, you know, we might not think of him as a Hall of Famer in terms of just his career, but, um, you know, the man himself, Jim, was just a, a Hall of Famer in, in all regards. He was just a, a great guy, it seemed, a uh, great family man, um, felt really heartbroken uh, when you go back and watch the WWE Hall of Fame that Saturday night, uh, two Saturday nights ago, when he brought his daughters out. So it was just, uh, it's weird to see um, you know, him talk about, like you said, like it, it's like he gave his eulogy um, on Raw, and then for him to pass away the next day is just like, it was. it's still surreal right now, sir. Um, I just, I can't believe he's gone, and um, I, I think that, you know, he made amends with a lot of people, and a lot of people like Hogan, hopefully he did make amends. The one assumption that I try not to think when you first broke the news was like, I was worried that it was like suicide because, the way he was talking, if you go back to Monday's speech on Raw, it almost seemed like a suicide um, at first. But um, then we hear the unfortunate news about his heart failure um, and had the heart condition, and uh, unfortunately he passes away. But, um, you know, a great man, I think, from what we've seen in the last couple of days um, about him, the person, more than just the wrestler. Right. Um, you know, and again, yeah, you're going to speculate and always kind of wonder what's going on, but... It's just, it's a good thing for him that that wasn't the case and as far as his legacy goes. And I actually read online that the WWE had sent some high-ranking officials to take care of him and uh, take take care of his family, take care of his daughter and his, his wife and stuff and his daughters, excuse me, and to be able to like I don't know grocery shopping and stuff like that. I mean, it's nice that the WWE. Like I said, the most important thing is that he was able to make amends, and I think that that's something that that's a real blessing for somebody to be able to say they lived their life and made all those enemies and all those issues and all those problems, but he got it right and he got it okay. So I'm excited about that. I'm happy about that, sir. I'm really I'm really glad that they were able to, you know, talk and he would talk to whoever it was. Jake Roberts tweeted something about him as well. I mean, Warrior is a, is a legend. He's larger than life. And, uh, you know, again, it, how, how eerie was his speech, sir, when you look at it in hindsight? It was very eerie. I mean, again... It almost made it seem like he was going to, like, it was almost suicidal at at points um, when he was talking. So, and then, you, you know, I started thinking, like, is this guy going to do something, or did he do something so that he will be remembered forever? I mean, he did refer to saying that, you know, all the fans made him, which is true. It's like you can't make yourself in wrestling. The fans really make you or break you. And he was really, he he was spot on with the things he said. I thought he rambled a bit. At the Hall of Fame, I think he was all over the place, but I think he really delivered his message on Monday Night Raw the day after WrestleMania. Yeah, I agree. I thought the speech on Raw was better. I thought the, the Hall of Fame speech was kind of, um, I guess, Warrior's way of, you know, making it known that he hated the Ultimate Warrior DVD, which I, I agree. I don't even know why Vince ever produced it. I mean, I saw it because I was curious, but all these guys pretty much ragged on him. And I wonder what the Chris Jerichos of the world and the Christians of the world and all these guys who bashed him in the DVD, what they think now. Obviously, you're not going to know this is going to happen, but like nine, ten years later, after the DVD, and then, you know, they're saying all this crap about him, but then, you know, Jericho tweeted that I think Hogan got him into wrestling, but Warrior was what inspired him to actually become a wrestler, um, you know, and all this other stuff. So it just makes me wonder. And I, I still have no idea why Vince produced that DVD, but, you know, I'm glad he was able to make things up and, you know, that they were all right and, but the bottom line, you know, Triple H made it happen, got him to the Hall of Fame, and Warrior was one of the last great uh, personalities to not be in the Hall of Fame. The greatest, most glaring one now, clearly, is the Macho Man. I think Macho Man has always been the most glaring, but there's really nobody else who compares. So, 
I'm wondering, you know, when, whenever that's going to happen, sir. But, you know, again, it was great to see Warrior talking and stuff, and I, I just can't believe that a week later we're gone, sir. He's gone, and we're talking about this. Yeah, I know, and it's funny you mention this, but um, watching the WWE Network before we came on the air, uh, believe it or not, there were little vignettes in between uh, Warriors' matches, uh, his greatest matches. So Chris Jericho did have a 30-second vignette and talked about how the Ultimate Warrior, he just loved his, his enthusiasm, his passion for the business. So he might have changed his mind from what he said on the DVD. You had uh, people like Batista. You had some guys from NXT talk about the Warrior in between. Um, even like somebody like Shawn Michaels. Uh, Raw, you mean? What happened? In between Raw, you're talking about? No, if you watch the WWE Network, the last past hour from 10 to 11, oh, okay, they were okay. showing they were showing Warriors Greatest Match. Sean well, Sean said that again. He w- he was a guy that um, had the the intensity of a a typical wrestler. He was a guy that really cared about the business and cared. To you know, he, you know, he wanted to go over, but he wanted to make sure that uh, the person that he wrestled went over as well. So he really did understand the the business in and out, I think. And he was just uh, mis- misunderstood, as from from what I'm hearing, is that everyone thought he was a loner. But I think in the end, Warrior ended up being one of the more respected wrestlers. Now that he's not with us, I, I don't think that really has to do with anything with it. I think the fact that he was inducted into the Hall of Fame put a new light on the warrior, and I think it, he did good by, like you said, making amends with many of the people that he wasn't uh, getting along with throughout his career, um, and then was um, able to make peace with, you know, with all these people, and then, you know, unfortunately then pass away, but um, he did right by making, um, you know, making up with all the people that he didn't get along with throughout his career. Right. What's interesting is that, you know, all these guys talked about how he didn't care about the business when the DVD came out, and all of a sudden, yeah, he loves the, the you know business, and he's great, and he wanted to put guys over, even though he always won. Like, uh, it's just it's always conflicting reports, and I honestly wish that the DVD had never taken place, sir. You know, it just I think it damaged a lot of what the word did, but at the end, he like I said, he was able to go out on top, which is an amazing thing. So, what did you um? I mean, we talked about briefly today or yesterday. Uh, no, this morning we talked about it uh, in our production meeting that really none doesn't exist anymore. But um, you know, Raw kicked off with with the whole roster out on the ramp, and basically they did the ten. And for, you know, one of the first times that every time that they rang the ten belt, um, you know, the, the ten belt salute um, really brought chills to me every time I saw a different wrestler, except for the fact that there was two wrestlers for some reason. You know, everyone basically was wearing an Ultimate Warrior shirt, except for obviously Triple H. Not yeah, Triple H and Stephanie and Vince. Well, they were dressed up in their yeah, they were wearing a suit. But Randy Orton and John Cena, explain to me why these guys can't wear an Ultimate Warrior shirt, even if it's just the opening segment. Why do they have exactly. to wear memorabilia? Why do they have to wear their own merchandise? Why? And it's it's so stupid to me, and it makes absolutely no sense. But they always do this. Explain it to me, sir. I really can't explain that, and maybe this is why we we have a dislike for people like John Cena and Randy Orton, the two people that we always rag on, not only because they can't, like, tell a good match and they can't do good, they're not good on the mic, but, you know, this to me is just absurd. I mean, the guy just passes away. Every single person is wearing a Warrior shirt that they gave out. They gave out masks and, uh, and for the crowd, and everyone was into it. It was, just, it was a little weird not to see John Cena and Randy Orton um, you know, honor or the word by just wearing a shirt just for the first segment at the very least. My, my thing is, I mean, obviously, so it's like, why do you think these guys do that? Why? Explain to me why they don't, why they can't just put their stupid merchandise aside and wear it. I mean, you, you, wouldn't you think like Triple H or Vince would say like, come on, let's let's put on the shirt, let's all like uh, represent and and respect the warrior, and just put on the shirt for the first segment? I, I mean, I, is Vince really that money hungry that he wants to continue to sell the product of John Cena and Randy Orton by keeping their shirt on? I, I, to me, it doesn't make sense. So I I have no answer for you, sir. Yeah, I just think it's weird. I just think it's absolutely weird, sir. Uh, let's uh, off the. Raw topic. We'll get back to Raw in a second. But um, you saw someone in the uh, Ultimate Warrior, uh, you know, tribute, who is not quote unquote currently under contract with the WWE and has actually never wrestled for the WWE. Can you tell us a little bit about that, sir? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think it was surprising too. About like uh, maybe about ten twenty, ten twenty five, uh, they were again doing these little vignettes in between matches of the Ultimate Warrior. And believe it or not, Sting 
Steve Borden, I believe his real name is, thing was um, without his face paint, without anything, was talking on his couch about how him and Warrior broke into the business at the same time, um, really liked him, respected him, and was really sad to hear that his uh, unfortunate passing. So, you know, for Sting to show up, the first time to show up on WWE, any type of network or, or television or anything, to, to honor the Ultimate Warrior was a little surreal for me to watch him on there, and it's interesting to see um, where we go from here with Sting because it, it was rumored that he would show up the night after Raw. He didn't, so I'm not sure where they're going to go with him. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know where they're going to go with him either, but I just think it's interesting that he did come out of this. I mean, he's never obviously... Uh, you, you can't count the last Nitro because technically that's still WCW, even though you have Vince owned it. So he's never appeared on any programming live. Obviously, this opens up the doors. I mean, he's not with TNA anymore because he's appearing in WWE programming. So this obviously opens up the doors for him to do a Sting DVD, which you know they're going to do that uh, probably by the end of the year. They'll have a best of Sting DVD, uh, which will be an amazing package. That I'll sure as hell be getting that. But, I mean, they're, like you said, they're not going to do the war the, or the Taker-Sting match. I mean, I guess they still could. But uh, I just wonder what Sting is going to do in the WWE, when he's going to de- debut, what the point is. I mean, they keep having these stupid testing signed a WWE contract. My favorite is when you see guys like Dave Meltzer, uh, you know, or these types of guys saying that he signed the contract, and then, then reports come out that he hasn't signed the contract, and these same people will be like, yeah, well, you know, he hasn't officially signed the contract, even though they said he signed the contract, but he should be signing a contract, and this, this whole thing has been going on for weeks. It's ridiculous. That's pretty bad. There's another person that, I mean, if you're following um, the insider uh, track or just following the behind the scenes, is somebody like AJ Styles. I mean, would you want him to be coming to, would you want him in the WWE, or you think that he's just TNA material for life? I like AJ. I think he has talent, but I don't think he's a WWE talent. I don't think the WWE would really do anything with him. I don't think it would work out well for him. I think that it would be a waste of his time. I mean, if he can get, make some money off of it, then, you know, good for him. I mean, the highest I'd ever see him is a is a two-month IC champion. He's not world title material. He really, you know, he really isn't. And um, I just don't think that it would be a good move on his part. Why would it make any sense for the WWE? Like I said, I do like him, but AJ just doesn't seem like he would fit. Especially since there's no cruiserweight division or light heavyweight division. I just no sense there. So um, I think that he's better off not coming to this company, if there were okay. which I doubt yeah. there is. <laughs> so let's let's just talk about Raw last night because we got some time before Julie comes on. We'll we'll talk a little bit Mets too, maybe after Julie. But I just want to just talk about Raw. It was the you know basically Daniel Bryan wasn't there because in real life he got married, so he wasn't there. Didn't need to see that. I mean, that's here neither here nor there. Uh, I guess the biggest storyline is that the Shield is now a face, full face, full on face, and they're taking on Triple H, Batista, and Randy Orton, better known as Evolution. To me, it's a whole hum storyline. To be honest with you, it uh, it's neither here nor there for me. I, I mean, I'm not psyched about it at all. To be honest with you, um, you don't like what, the what I Evolution reforming, sir. Uh, no, I don't, because when Triple H is now taking the role of being the the C the COO. Um, you know, it's kind of like he's a tweener now, and I'm not into that. Like, I, I, I like it when he wrestles by himself on one-on-one matches with this whole Daniel Bryan storyline was okay. But um, to reform Evolution with Batista and Orton, I, you know, these two guys are terrible on the mic. Batista was a failure. I guess the only way to save him now when they brought him back is to have him join a faction like Evolution because he's at least a little bit more relevant than he is uh, by himself. But uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, were you you were happy that evolution reformed? Oh, I was foaming and foaming at the mouth. I mean, I, oh, I, I haven't yeah. been happy in my life. I mean, now you know it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting, right? I mean, evolution comes back. It's a, I guess it's a good thing. They need the factions. They're gonna wrestle the Shield at Extreme Rules, which should be good. Which of course, I'm just breaking up, and the Shield is gonna break up, and they're gonna go from there. But they're gonna keep the Shield together in face for a while. Um, I think that. Batista's run has been a failure because they set him up his goals too lofty. Is he world championship material? Yeah, I mean, he's been world champ several times. Obviously, they said, I mean, it's that last night that between him and Orton, they've been champ like 18 times, which is insane because like 12 or 13 of those are Randy Orton, who is the biggest waste of space of all time in terms of there's, n- there's never been a talent less deserving of a push and less talented and less 
uh, interesting and less overall qualified to be champion than Randy Orton, and they've made him champion 10 or 11 times, which is insane. You know, as much as I dislike Cena, and I was thinking about this too with Cena. Cena's going to be the type of guy that we look at in history, and they're going to always say he's one of the all-time greats because of his run in the company and what he did, but he really is just is the right guy at the right time and the wrong guy at the right, wrong time for us because he's just not that talented, honestly. Promos are terrible, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The fans get into him. They're not into him. Half of them like him. Half of them hate him. But Cena's a guy who, like I said, he was there at the right time for his career, but he's always going to be in that upper echelon. And he's he's not as talented as Hulk Hogan. Can't cut a promo like Hogan. He's not as talented as The Undertaker. He's not as talented as Triple H. He's not as talented as Chris Jericho. He's not as talented as Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, the Rock, I mean, any, Ric Flair, any guy you could name as the, the greatest ever. Of course, you're going to put Hogan, and at least you should put Hogan and Flair in their own class, and below them, I think, would be Rock and Austin in their own class, and then below them would be like a trip, uh, HBK, Shawn Michaels, Taker, and then below them, I mean, there's levels of greatness in this company, levels of legends, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the truth is that these guys, you know, you have them, you force them down fans' throats, and some, I mean, I think Orton's probably more popular than Cena, but they, they're both talentless. Then you throw in Batista. And again, I said this before, I give Batista credit because being in, in the business, you know, as long as he has and being in the company, he's wrestling, the, you know, the, the main event, the house shows, or the live events. He wrestles on Raw, he wrestles on these shows, he wrestles on pay-per-views. So he's not one of these guys who's come in there and, you know, a part-time player. He's been a full-time guy since he came back, you know, for his time. So I give him credit for that. I just think they made a mistake in trying to force him to be the champ or whatever the case was. But again, sir, could you imagine if they had been stuck with Orton and Triple H, uh, Orton and Batista at WrestleMania? How bad would that have been? It would have been really bad. I mean, again, like you said, to, uh, Orton, just for whatever reason, why they like him, I don't know if it's because his dad or, you know, we know that the backstage politics, he's a horrible person in, in that regard. So I, I, I honestly don't see it. Maybe it's his physique. Other than that, I just don't know what else they actually seen the guy. And um, what what gets me too is that um, you know you have you have Randy Orton Evolution reformed, and um, you know I guess you could you could I guess you could feud against the Shield next pay per view at Extreme Rules, which is probably a good feud. But you know where do they go from there? I you know eventually this Evolution is going. I think it's going to be a short term thing because you know eventually they're going to have to want to go after Daniel Bryan that World Heavyweight Title. Um, once he gets back from his honeymoon, so um, I just don't, you know, I don't care for the storyline. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. To be honest with you, um, it's okay at best for me. But the thing that really um, annoys me is that, sir, is that you know, the Intercontinental Title wasn't really defended. At, it wasn't defended at WrestleMania 30, and now they have this tournament, this weird tournament, if you ask me, to determine who the number one contender is for. Um, the title, and then you know they're going to wrestle at at Extreme Rules. The funny thing is, I think it's clear cut that Cesaro wins that tournament. But when you look at the guys that are in the tournament for the Intercontinental Title, most of them have been WWE champions like Albert Del Rio, uh, RVD, um, a couple other people too. Sheamus, I believe, is in it, and, and they're in an uh, Intercontinental tournament, sir. Where that title is, is like not important sometimes, and sometimes it is important. So. Tell me your thoughts on the tournament itself. I find it ridiculous. And and think about this, too. The U.S. title is on Dean Ambrose, and nobody even talks about him defending it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, it is it is ridiculous, but I like the fact that they're giving the IC title a little push. They're giving a little spotlight. Yeah, Cesaro's got to win. Uh, by the way, did you see Cesaro give the, uh, the neutralizer, as it were, to uh, – or the I forget what he calls the equalizer, the neutralizer, to uh, Mark Henry? I did see it. It was, it was not bad. I mean, he's impressive, sir. Cesaro's an impressive talent. I think the fact that he's bald, it looks like an old man, kind of hurts him. I mean, in physique-wise, he's in great shape, but that, that weird, like, bald, half, you know, crown head thing that he's got going, it makes him look older than he really is, because Cesaro's not that old. I think he's only, like, 31. He may be younger than me, uh, 31, 32, and I'll have to have our monkeys in the back look this up, but, man. You know, he's he's a great talent. Putting him with Paul Heyman is an interesting thing. Uh, it's only going to help him. But what I wonder is why the hell he came out last night with no theme music. But, you know, again, <laughs> it's neither here nor there. Um, 
Let's look at Cesaro. He is 33. Yeah, he's a couple months older than me, but, uh, you know, I'll still take him in a fight. I mean, he's a hell of a talent. The crowd loves him. He's he's over like crazy. I just think this is the time to pull the trigger, and they're not going to make him heal. The crowd likes him too much. I'm not if, if he's a payment. I, I just want to say that off Big E, because to me, Big E's a waste of space. You know, fans go crazy for these talents. They go crazy for these guys. Like, oh, Big E, he was awesome in NXT, and he's going to be great in, in, you know, the main roster. And I just don't see it. You know, I don't think he's been that great on the main roster. I think he's talented, yeah, but I really don't think he's been all that wonderful. And, uh, you know, who the hell cares about all this stuff? Who the hell cares if he was great in NXT? You know, who the hell cares that he was, uh, you know, super talented, quote-unquote, blah, 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 yakety-schmackety. I just think it's dumb, sir. I honestly do, and I'm glad that he's off. He's off. Uh, I mean, soon enough he'll be losing that title. But I mean, it, this is going to culminate in extreme rules, sir. It's going to culminate in extreme rules, and I think you're definitely looking, definitely maybe, obviously looking at a Cesaro versus Big E um, in some type of extreme rules match, because you know every match at extreme rules is some type of um, you know uh, hardcore match. So um, what I, what I find interesting is. Do you think that, I mean, this is a stupid question to ask you, and you're going to rip me for it, but uh, I'll ask it anyway. Do you think they call Cesaro the king of swing because he could do, like, that helicopter swing for, like, more than 10 seconds? No, I think they call him the king of swing because he's a swinger backstage and sleeps with everyone. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's why they call him the king of swing because he's a swinger. You, you freak. What kind of question is that? <laughs> well, I, I find it, like... You know what? If, if you were a guest, I would mute you right now. Beep, beep, beep. I would just mute you. As a matter of fact, I think I will. What kind of stupid question is that? Are you kidding me? Are you just trying I to just, kill time here until Julie comes on? I mean, is this just like Joe at his worst? Well, besides, you know, Paul Heyman calling him the king of swing, uh, what's that little cock when he does with his two hands and he like he's like cocking his hands? I, I mean, what is that? I don't know what that is. It's like he's firing imaginary guns or something. <laughs> I honestly have no idea what that is. And I also, when he uh, when he does like the little neck breaker thing before he does the, the neutralizer, I think that's interesting also. I don't know where that comes from, but I mean, one of the things he's going to do that and he's yeah, he's getting up there in age. He's going to get stuck in that position, and they're going to have to wheel him out. They're going to have to chop the X's, and the refs are going to have to wheel his ass out. <laughs> you know what's also interesting is that, um, you know, RVD comes back. He's going to he won his match against Albert Del Rio last night, but there, there's a guy that you know again is I lost like stuck. Team, by the way, Del Rio. He's so lost. He's so lost. He should just leave. He needs to leave the guy. Just quit already. Get the hell out. <laughs> Other than that, I don't even think I remember much other about anything else about Raw last night. I mean, is there anything else noteworthy besides obviously the Warrior theme throughout the night? They talked about that Triple H Evolution reformed and this Intercontinental Tournament. Was there anything else to talk about? Um, no, no, right? I mean, Sheamus, Sheamus be what's his face. I don't know if they're gonna make Sheamus. Yet. I don't know what the hell the point of that is. What they're gonna do with him? Um, you would think that him and Jack Swagger, considering their background, they would have done it. You know, they would have gone that road, but they're not going that way. Hey, I'd like to talk about something uh, last night. So I'm looking at WrestleZone.com, folks, and yep. I'm looking at, uh, you know, Josh Eisenberg, who's been on a show many times. Oh, God. But uh, I'm looking at, and, you know, I've, I've, he gets made fun of a lot. He gets ripped a lot. Um, I think the only thing that irks me, other than what I'm about to say, the only thing that irks me about Josh is that his spelling mistakes are just atrocious, but... That's neither here nor there. Everyone on the internet, you know, nobody knows how to spell. But you know, he he gives this. He rates it. He does this thing. I think it's called title this or something. Something stupid like that. So so Josh does this thing, right? And he's talking about Raw and he's giving uh, you know his ratings for Raw. Let, let me see if I can find this this stupid thing because it's definitely not. So wait, title you don't like? I'm gonna give you. Uh, shut up. I'm going to give you the scores of the segments that he gives. First, the first segment with RVD and Alberto Del Rio got a 6.5. Second segment, Cesaro and Mark Henry, 6. I thought that was a good match. I actually I hate his ratings, but it gets worse. Uh, Sheamus and Jack Swagger got a 5.5. Wade Barrett and Dolph Ziggler got an 8. I, I mean, I didn't think it was that great of a match, but that that segment got an 8. Um, right back solo against the Rhodes Brothers, 6.5. Page and Alicia Fox, six. 
the Usos against, uh, you know, Orton and Batista, seven. Alexander Rusev got a four. Fandango and, and Santina, Santino got three. The main event got a seven, yet some... And then the the end was them Revolution performing on eight. Explain to me how the score of Raw is a seven. I gave you a three. I gave you a four. I gave you a bunch of sixes, a six and a half, one seven, and one eight. And yet somehow that... What planet does this guy live on that that is... That, that's that's a score you get. That's not even an average. It's just a weird... I hated every segment. I hated every match. And you know what? Hey, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I mean, he gets ripped in all the time for this because the people who read his articles, they always say that you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's this, he's that, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then this, <laughs> this fool, this absolute, complete, and utter fool is over here... You know, if we ever, I, I want to get him on this show just so I can rip him for this because it's so so ridiculous. I mean, who does this? Who who gives segments ratings and then doesn't even average them out and just picks a random number? It's like, yeah, let me give every every segment on the show a one, and then it's it's a ten. My final score for the show is a ten because it was a great show. I mean, who does that, sir? Who? So the bottom line is, Josh doesn't know how to spell or write because he's illiterate. He doesn't know how to do math. But yeah, he gets paid. He gets paid, and he gets like three thousand followers or whatever. It's five thousand followers. Yeah, he's but got a lot yet, of followers, and yet he gets ripped every five seconds. And, and we have no LaBar, listeners. This, this is Lamar. We, we don't get money. <laughs> Look, Justin Labar makes me sick because this guy, this guy, I don't know. His opinions. They, they make me want to vomit. I mean, they're just absolutely ridiculous <laughs> now at this point. And we're just, we're just burning all bridges here, folks. We are, <laughs> we are burning every bridge. We are lighting this place on fire. We don't care because this show is going straight to hell. The fact Chair shot reality. Please, No, actually, I was thinking, uh, as, <laughs> as far as chair shot reality goes. Go to hell! Oh God! <laughs> That's what I, I. You know what, Josh? Oh, uh, is that all? <laughs> is that all? <laughs> These guys. I mean, I don't even know why. You know, as a matter of fact, this is what I think about Josh and. They make a dog sick. I just don't understand how these guys get paid. I mean, Justin has all these articles and all these followers and all these people and all this other crap, right? And yet his his opinions are borderline asinine half the time. And then he's got he's got all this stuff going on, and you know it's just amazing. I mean, this guy is like the producer. He does this. He does that. He makes money. And you know I'm not I'm not knocking him personally because he was great as far as being on the show. Uh, he you know when he was on the show he was great. He was a great uh, guest and everything. Um, my wife just texted me saying it's friggin' snowing, so, you know, that's, that's interesting. Thank you, honey, for running the show. Really appreciate that. I'm going to have to lay the smack down here when I get out of this office that I got going on. But, you know, again, I'm not trying to rip these guys because we, we always thankful, grateful for every guest, except for Salakata, who's scum, and, you know, Lane, <laughs> who, who absolutely despised you. Other than that, all our guests have been pretty wonderful. Um... But it just baffles me, man. These, we have the greatest show on the planet, and, and we, we get, like, three listeners a show at this point. It's no longer in prime time. And that these guys have thousands of Twitter followers, and they get ripped. They can't spell. Josh writes for, I mean, Justin writes on WrestleZone. He writes on, uh, you know, he's got Sports Talk Live, or Trib Radio, whatever the hell it is. He's got an article over there at that Tribune, whatever paper that is. I don't even know. I stopped reading. I haven't watched Chairshot Reality in a month. I think I saw sick. But it just baffles me, man. It absolutely baffles me. And here we are. You know, you're you're in your your underwear in your house. I'm over here in my shorts in my in my house. Hey, we Dave. Can't even get a good show. <laughs> Dave, on the on the line is actually Josh Eisenberg. Josh, how are you? This is Josh Eisenberg from Chairshot Reality on WrestleZone.com. Tune in each week to Pure Gold Radio with Dave and Joe as they talk about professional wrestling, music, movies, whatever's on your mind, they'll get to it. Pure Gold Radio, Dave and Joe, the best out there, laying the smackdown each week. That's Pure Gold Radio. Oh, man. This is awesome. I, you know, I'm going to try to get Josh on the show for next week because I want to rip him live up here. I want this to turn into a bloodbath on this show because expo- I just don't even understand it. So as a matter of fact, I'm going to go to his Twitter page and I'm going to find out just how many followers this 
Mention while we wait for Julie Bueller to join us from uh, the West Coast. Julie probably Let me mention. Show and she's like, I'm, I'm not coming on anymore. You guys are idiots. Yeah, I mean, when Julie uh, Bueller heard that, we're uh, we out of your home. She's like, uh, no thanks, guys. So um, you guys take over from there. <laughs> the bar who used to follow me doesn't follow me anymore. I spit in his face for that. 17,500 followers. Holy moly. That's the, the stupidest shirts I've ever seen in my entire life. Absolutely horrible, and yet somehow this guy's got 17,500 followers. Jo- uh, Josh has over 6,000 followers. Explain that to me, how these two schmucks, absolute schmucks, can't spell, you know, can't even think, and these guys have that many followers. Um, that's unreal, sir. It's absolutely... Just like Evolution declared war on the shield that looks like pure gold is declaring war on chair shot reality, maybe we'll meet at Extreme <laughs> Rules and sell this once and for all, because... Enough yeah, is enough. Right. Those, guys, those guys wouldn't even. Those guys wouldn't even come on the show. They're going to stun us. Out. As a matter of fact, I might get a season to this letter pretty soon from uh, from the guys in Chairshot Reality. But uh, anyway, sir, moving right along. Yeah, moving right along while we wait for Julie to join us. Hopefully, definitely, maybe, obviously. Let me tell you why April fifteenth is such a miserable day for me. And um, I think you'll agree with most of them. Maybe you don't know the one, but sir, today's tax day. That's for one. Um, the other unfortunate thing that happened, I am a cheap old, you're right, so tax day is an annoying day for me, but seven years ago, unfortunately, when my mom was still with us, she was really sick, uh, we had an unfortunate flood here, it was like the nor'easter of 2007, um, that was bad, so that happened on April 15th, and another thing that happened April 15th, sir, and to get serious here for a second, is that it was a year ago today, the 15th, where the Boston Marathon had the uh, those two bombings from those two, um, I guess, kids or juveniles or whatever it is. So it's like it seems like April 15th, besides pure gold being on the air tonight, is just a, a, a sad and terrible day uh, in the lives of America. Yeah, definitely not good stuff, sir. Not not enjoyable there. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, this is, again, on a serious note, I was driving through uh, Lynnhurst, and I was driving through these towns the other day, going to the doctor, and I saw the uh, the funeral home actually where your you know the service was held for your mom. And every time yeah. I, I haven't driven by there in years, but every time I drive by there, I always think about that, and I always think about that day. And I even drove by the place where we had your uh, your week, because I was involved in right? the 30th birthday party, the 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 party you know that we had over in uh, yes, I for, I forget the name of the place, but you know what I'm talking about, the um, chandelier. And, yeah, the chandelier exactly, and we were all there, and your mom, you know, was the one who greeted me when we came in and stuff, and uh, I just thinking about that the other day, because that, that place I've driven by many times, and I drove by there last week, so I, I told my wife, every time I, I have this amazing habit of telling my wife, every time we drive by a place that has some sort of special meaning to me, or, you know, to her or whoever, I'm like, hey, you remember this place? And she'll be like, yeah, I remember, you tell me, you tell me every single time we go by, so, right. uh, I'd, uh, you know, I just thought I'd bring that up, sir, since we're talking about the, the mom. The yeah, I mean, and this week being Holy Week as well, I mean, it really um, helps me get through, especially when, you know, my mom passed away on the 25th of April, which is coming up next Friday, uh, but it being Holy Week, um, and yes, you know, Sunday was Palm Sunday, it really does reaffirm uh, my faith, it, it just renews um, everything that I believe in, um, you know, I watch, I mean, I think most people do that are really... Um, you know, really religious. I watched Passion of the Christ this week just to remind me of what, you know, Jesus went through. And um, on a serious note, sir, I mean, the the things we talk about are, are petty compared to, you know, this week being the, the most important week um, of the Christian uh, faith. It's interesting is that you, 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 you pull this, like, total blindside out of left field to talk about that, in, you know, this being Easter week. After I went on like a 10-minute slam fast rip job of two guys who, at the end of the day, made nothing to either one of us in terms of the grand scheme of life, and then let's go. You're right. Like, only in pure gold can you pull a complete and total 180 like this, sir. Only here. I'm trying to uh, go through my entire rundown before Julie joins us, if she decides to join us. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I'm actually going to text her right now to see. I think Julie may have fallen asleep, or maybe she listens to the show and she said, yeah, I can't I can't take these guys anymore. I'm not <laughs> Well, as Dave, uh, yeah, go ahead, Dave. Facebook, by the way, I 
said, I just added her on Facebook, so see how long it takes us to block me. Um, you know, this show, man, I tell you, we, we're just able to talk so much garbage, and as much fun as we have on here, I just imagine if we were actually getting paid for this, and we actually had a network, or um, if we actually had a station that we could be on and just talk to callers and, you know, have fans and stuff, and have people following us on uh, on Facebook and, and the Twitter and everything, I mean, that would be amazing, it really would. I mean, that's oh. living the dream. That is definitely living the dream, and who knows, one day somebody might pick us up. I mean, uh, whether it's Julie Bueller or um, I know we had Nikki Boyer on a couple weeks ago. So, you know, we don't want to burn those type of bridges, but, you know, Josh, I mean, you know. This is Josh Eisenberg from Chair Shot Real. You know, you know Josh, you got to stop coming on the show. I mean, we, we're not yeah, paying you to come on the show. Please, Josh, please. All right, as, as Dave tries to contact Julie Bueller, I will just give you my thoughts. Uh, being um, a couple weeks into the season, the we'll, we'll just talk about the New York Mets because the baseball season is underway. They're playing 500, sir. They're not playing that bad. They're, they're actually hitting 500. To, are they, they, they hit 500 already. Did they win? I haven't been paying attention to the last few games, so did they actually win? I think they're winning tonight they, big. They're actually, they're up like 9 nothing or something like that in Arizona, the worst team in baseball, I think. so. First time the Mets actually get to score some runs. And this is, yeah, 9 nothing top of the seven. This is what I hate about the Mets is that the Mets do this, right? And they'll be the ones to they'll be the ones to, you know, get you all pumped up and excited and then yeah, the Mets are great and you know, fans are gonna start foaming at the mouth and thinking the Mets are gonna make a run where this is probably the highlight of the season getting to five hundred and I I'm gonna predict right now that the Mets are never gonna be over five hundred this year. So lock that up and throw away the key, sir. Yeah, and they have a lot of injuries alright, which is unusual for baseball. I mean, you got Grandison that got hurt last night. Young has just come back, um, but there's there's injuries obviously. Who's that? Juan Lagares on the DL. He got hurt last night also. Yeah, I mean injuries are uh, running rampant. Even even on the Yankees side, if you look at it, you have Cervelli, who yes is the backup catcher, but Teixeira's out right now. Jeter, who uh, decided to retire this year, has not really played that many games this year, so um, he did pick a probably good year to retire. It's just um, Cervelli. Isn't Cervelli on, like, a 60-day disabled list now? Oh, is he? I didn't even hear that. Yeah, I, I read something. I heard something to that effect that he's on a 60-day DL. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, the, the injuries are just crazy. From earlier today, sir. Right. I mean, the injuries are... Listen, listen, who, who cares about injuries? I'm over watching this, right? You know if they have that pool in Arizona? How does he miss the pool by, like, a foot? He literally just got the ball right <laughs> up to the pool. I mean, folks, this is the type of analysis. This is how we get in-depth in the nitty-gritty, you know, waiting for guests who refuse to call in. I mean, this show is, I'm telling you, Joe, we got we to gotta figure out somehow, some way, if, if you know, these, these sloppy jalopies can get gigs. We, you and I need to get a gig, sir. Yeah, I agree. And let's hear your Mets report from about a year ago. As we sit here on the second day of the baseball season, I'm want. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going through the whole time. <laughs> Live from 1640 AM Ironbound Radio in Newark, New Jersey, this is Pure Gold with your host, David and Joe. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Laura. really appreciate that. That was awesome. It was just great to be back. Oh, wait, Dave, another, another loser on the line. Hold on a second. Let's, let's patch him in. What's up, everyone? This is Bright Lights Jared Foster, the man of a thousand bulbs and Mr. Entertainment. A thousand bulbs, seriously. <laughs> Come on. You know what's great is that this guy tells me all of a sudden, I'm going to hook you guys up. I can get The Rock on your show. The Rock. Oh, yeah. I'm still waiting for The Rock to come on the show, Josh. Thanks for that, by the way. You're, you're awesome. You know, I got I got this guest right here who just pretty much has ignored me for the past three months. And she Live from 1640 AM, <laughs> Ironbound Radio in Newark, New Jersey, this is Pure Gold with your hosts, David and Joe. Gotta love that there. Wait, what's, I wonder what this guy's up to. I watch people in my comedy. That's what I do. I notice when I move to Los Angeles, I notice everybody there drinks bottled water. I'm not paying for no water. It's free. And they try to tell me to count. <laughs> oh, this is, folks, this is, this is what we do here in Pure Gold. Wait, what did you say, Nikki? Hey, everybody, it's Nikki Boyer from Yahoo's Daytime in No Time. And don't forget to check out Pure Gold every single week for amazing guest interviews and pretty entertaining radio, I have to say. You guys are awesome. And we out of your homes. Yeah. 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 Mike Francesa also wants to know 
Wait a second. What is the point? Mike wants to hear is what he wants to hear this, sir. Deeper in my heart. Oh, dear. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, folks, I'm going to lose it right now. Jeez, what the hell is that? What the Rangers making the playoffs? <laughs> playoffs? What are you talking about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? <laughs> uh, Julius, hate this. Julius never calling in. That's unbelievable. You know, Joe, we really, really appreciate that. And that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. Yeah, that did suck. <laughs> that is horrible. I'm going to have to try to fix that audio, the ultimate word audio for, for next week, sir. Wait, what's this? Yeah. Uh... Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of like uh, um, Boomer and Carton, who I absolutely despise as a test, by the way. Um, I don't know if we ever covered this, but that whole thing about, you know, the women being giving birth and the husbands, you know, you need to, you need to make it for the. <laughs> For the opening day, you remember that whole thing with Daniel Murphy where he missed the first two games of the season, and you know, yeah, yep. he's him and Boomer is ripping him and saying Boomer Sison actually. I know this is like three weeks old. Boomer Sison actually said, this "Ignorant scum sucker," says that they should have scheduled a C-section for his wife before the beginning of the season so that Murphy didn't have to miss any time. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you that big of a tool and a D-bag that you you have no idea the risk and the complications that can come up from an unnecessary C-section. So a guy who plays 162 games, and by the way, he played 161 last year. This guy plays 162 games in a season, and he can't miss two. I would miss the World Series, a World Series game for the birth of my child. And if I was a player, and these guys are talking about that you can't miss opening day, are you are you kidding me? I know we never got into that, sir, but that really makes me sick. That That's bad, and all I have to say is, shame on you! You know, it just—it just truly—it just baffles me how somebody can be so ignorant. But anyway, this whole segment, everything that we're doing right now, it actually reminds me of uh, Boomer and Carter, how they'll start laughing and like smashing their fists on the on the table, and it just gets to the point where it's unbearable and it's annoying, and you have to turn it off. Um, so I just thought about that. I mean, people are listening to us right now; they'd be switching stations to whoever else is on. They probably want to listen to Jim Lampley say. Bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang, bang. Try and stop it. Bang, bang. Here I come. Bang. Oh, baby. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're getting pumped up. Oh, this is pure gold. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm excited. i got to admit. You know, it's just funny because... I like <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I five. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> gold. Interesting. Oh, uh, it's all. I like turtles. <laughs> so, so, Lauren, what, what do you think about the, you know, what do you think about the new Batman movie with Ben Affleck? Hi, this is Lauren Lester, and you oh, are okay. listening to. Christ, if I was the commissioner. I'd be out there on Monday. He'd be out. Gone. Where they go? <laughs> you, you, you talk about the commissioner, sir. I'm hearing good things about the draft. I'm hearing good things about draft day. Believe it or not, Kevin Costner did a good job, but it's one big infomercial for the NFL. Is what I'm hearing. Yeah, my wife was actually telling me, she told me yesterday, she goes, you know, I want to see that Kevin Costner movie you have to, I forget what movie she said, she's like, oh, I liked him in The Bodyguard or something ridiculous like that, I was like, oh, yeah, that movie came out 20 years ago, that's great, but uh, yeah. anyway, when she says, I, I told her, you realize this is an all-football movie, right, she goes, yeah, I know, but I like Kevin Costner, so that should be interesting, we went to go see Moneyball, did you ever see Moneyball? I never did. You went to go see it at the movies? Or you saw it on Netflix? Yeah, no, at the movies, what an absolute train wreck, a horrible film that was. I don't know really? why people are about it. I don't know why people said that Brad Pitt did good. It sucked. The movie was terrible. 
I went. There was three of, four of us total. Two of us fell asleep. Me not being one of the lucky ones that have fallen asleep during this snooze fest. But they're saying that that, that movie draft they takes like one scene in in uh, Moneyball and turns it into a whole movie. But Moneyball is awful. Draft day looks amazing. Well, so I definitely want to see that, sir. Yeah, I mean, you talk about movies, we might as well break into entertainment. Hey, this is Blanca from Group One Crew, and you're listening to Pure Gold. I can't believe I'm a guest you booked tonight. I'm trying to talk here, and every two seconds there's a guest that wants to talk. But, sir, we might as well talk entertainment since that scum Hans uh, is getting married. Hi, I'm Anna and make sure to tune in to Pure Gold, where you can hear great interviews, wonderful insight, and the best talk radio around. Sir, enough with the guests. Sir, enough with the guests. This is Alicia from WSU Wrestling, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Now, it's like the best of Pure Gold here. Uh, but let, let's get, let's get... Now it's time for some entertainment talk here on Pure Gold. There you go. Dave, uh, since we got ten minutes to kill here, let's uh, break down the new Captain America movie. Everyone loved it. What do you think? Did you watch it? No, I just want to get your thoughts for the next ten minutes. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's break down the Captain America movie, which I have not seen. So let me let me shoot it over. Only you would introduce a topic that you have no idea what you're talking about. The new Captain America movie was awesome. It was great. I loved it. It was uh, probably the best Marvel movie so far. Better than the Avengers. Better than Iron Man. All three of them. As much as I like the Iron Man movies, I mean this movie was off the wall. It was amazing, and it actually ties into one of my favorite shows, which is Agents of Shield, which was was slow at the beginning of the season, but it's really picked it up big time, and now it's directly tying in with the Captain America and everything that happened, so I mean, I love this action adventure, you know, no romance really, but it, you know, it was good, it's got a little bit of everything, I mean, it ties into part one, it ties into the Avengers, or the first movie, it ties into the second movie, you know, and if you do go watch it, folks, make sure you stay till the very end credits, because there are two, not one, but two scenes during the ending credits that uh, tie into the Avengers, and then of course, um, Captain America 3. So some great stuff there, and it just had everything, sir. From start to finish, it was just action-packed. It wasn't boring, and, I mean, it was an amazing film. You should go watch it. Was it a um, was a two-hour and 30-minute movie or longer? It was about two hours and 15 minutes, but it didn't seem like it. Um, again, it was just an awesome, awesome film, sir. It was it was worth every penny of it. I actually went to go see an IMAX, and I would not recommend seeing an IMAX. It was the first time I ever went to an IMAX movie. And I had movie tickets. I only paid like six bucks, but I think it's ridiculous. I wouldn't pay eighteen bucks to see IMAX for any movie. But um, if it's a, a really special effects heavy movie, like um, Spider-Man, for example, Spider-Man Two, which got bad reviews, by the way. If it's something like that, then I think yeah, that's the kind of movie you probably want to go see in IMAX 3D. You know, special effects and everything else. But I don't really. I don't see any reason to go to those types of movies. Uh, sir, to watch something like that. I mean, have you ever seen anything in IMAX? Um, I saw Star Trek Into Darkness on, in IMAX. I thought that was not bad. Um, I've only seen a couple. I've seen like that, uh, The Dark Knight in IMAX as well. I went to uh, the Palisades Mall up uh, in, in New York, uh, New York State, and I thought that was pretty good too. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen that many in IMAX. I, I don't think there's a need to it uh, for it, honestly. No, I agree. Definitely, I would not recommend seeing, if you're going to spend that much money, I mean, I wouldn't go see Captain America in IMAX, but definitely I would say if you're going to watch a movie, it would be something like Spider-Man or maybe Transformers, like I said, movies that are really special effects heavy. Yeah, I actually did uh, go see a movie this weekend, though. I actually took my daughter to go see Rio 2, because she had seen Rio 1. I, we had a good time. We went to go see it Sunday afternoon, and um, really cute movie, had good music, had good um, storyline. Um, I do plan on seeing Captain America, seriously, definitely, maybe, obviously. Uh, but just this weekend was uh, a little bit too busy for me. Um, but, again, I recommend Rio 2, for, especially for you and your daughter, uh, your oldest daughter, sir. Uh, go check it out. It's a really cute film. Uh, actually, I refused to watch that movie because the first movie I thought was horrible. Oh, okay. My wife and I both hated it. We thought it was boring. We, we fell asleep during the movie. And my my nephews hated it. Everybody fell asleep during that news fest. So I have no interest in seeing Rio two. As a matter of fact, this is this is what I think about Rio one, Rio two, and the other future, uh, you know, Rio movies, and of course the city of Rio. Go to hell! Oh jeez. So um, with five minutes to kill, since Julie took her her day off from pure gold, um, 
I'm trying to scramble here. I was trying to think of... She obviously hates us. I mean... Clearly, definitely. Obviously. Um, Let me ask you this, sir. If If I could potentially scam two tickets for Extreme Rules, would you be interested in doing a pure gold exclusive and going to see that at the IZ Center? You could scam? What do you mean scam? Explain that to me before we go any further on this. Uh, I got people in the business, you know, that could get me comp tickets, and we could potentially go there and uh, get actually really good seats. So uh, I'm working on that. Anything I'm just wondering we if you pay for them. Are we paying for these tickets? Well, I'd pay for them on the down low, and then you would just pay for parking, and then we'd go and do a PG uh, Extreme Rules uh, edition. If, uh, absolutely. I mean, if you could do that, I would 100% want to do that, sir. Absolutely. I'm talking about like getting you know $75 tickets, and I would pay probably 25 to $30 at most for them, and I'd buy us the tickets. Again, you pay parking. We could go see Extreme Rules, and we'd get. Um, I wouldn't promise ringside seats, but maybe a couple rows from the ring, and it'd be uh, a pretty, 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 pretty good experience. Freaking, we're gonna end up in the bathroom the whole time in, in adjoining stalls, <laughs> listening to the accent. You know what, Joe? This is what I think about you and your. Go to hell! Because wow. I, if you know if if you can make it happen, then how about that? High five! Then I'll give you I mean, that much. But uh, I mean, if you could get these tickets, absolutely, I would go. I mean, I, I think that'd be fun, especially if it's yeah. Not, I mean, <laughs> what was that, Dave? Jeez. What the hell was that? I mean, it said tune in. I just hit the button by accident. So this is a button that you tried before and it didn't work. No, I don't know what. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, that, that's pretty bad, huh? Yeah, it's just pretty bad. I'm gonna have to fix it for next time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I actually I had a good quality recording of it. Something happened when I couldn't upload it. Then when I tried uploading it, I played it off my phone onto the computer. I should have just played it off the damn computer. Damn it! Next time, sir. Next time. So if if Evolution is going to feud with uh, the Shield, um, do you do you have any thoughts on if Daniel Bryan will be Literally defending his title against anybody? Shield, I think he'd be uh, defending it against Kane, sir, because Kane apparently is going after that. But uh, he put the mask back on, so he's going after him, sir. I mean, I guess that's a decent first title defense, but uh, I mean, how how over how ever overused is that feud? I mean, there's no way that Daniel Bryan is going to lose that match to Kane. But it's a good. I guess it's a good first uh, feud to have him as the champ go against uh, Kane. You know, I mean, he can't fight Triple H again. He's not going to fight Batista because they're fighting, uh, you know, against the Shield. So, I guess Kane against Daniel Bryan's a decent match, especially if it's an Extreme Rules match. You know. Yeah, absolutely. 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 With three minutes to go, Julie, please come on to our show. No, it's too late for you, Julie. Um, I, I really don't know what happened to Julie Bueller. I think she probably took the day off, um, just like her show says. We were going to actually talk about Alden Smith and um, Colin Kaepernick, two guys that are on the San Francisco 49ers. That's apparently her favorite team and my wife's favorite team. But two guys are in the news for the, all the wrong reasons, sir. Colin Kaepernick with sexual harassment, uh, alleged sexual harassment, and then uh, Alden Smith decides to be Ben Stiller and say bomb on a plane. I mean, two stupid, dumb bonehead moves by the um, two great 49ers, but uh, we were going to actually rip Julie Bueller about that because she's a 49er fan, but uh, she knew that we were going to rip her from pillar to post, so she decided not to come on. Holy moly. The time zone difference probably um, threw her off because she's three hours behind us, so maybe that's what it is. Who knows? I mean, this isn't like Julie. She was was totally into coming on the show and totally into wanting to be on, and she actually was wondering why I was waiting. So I asked her to be on this program like a month ago, and she's like, why Why is it such advanced notice? And I told her or whatever. So she was really into it, but I guess not. I guess she hates us. And she probably heard us ripping Josh and Justin. She decided that, you know, she, we can uh, GTH and RH, as it were. Um, but, you know, again, we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll get her on some other time in the future. Uh, that has definitely been a great show. And I just want to close out with something, sir. Um, the WWE, right? Go back to that for a second. Have you been watching any of the vignettes for the new talent coming up? For the new what? The new uh, talent, new wrestlers that they're going to be debuting soon, like Bo Dallas. Are you talking about Bo, Bo Leave or whatever, Bo? Yeah, uh, but I'm talking about Adam Rose specifically with the, uh, have you seen that with the, the party boss and everything? Yeah, I mean, pretty bad, but go ahead. I, I'm sure that you're going to give us your yeah, take on it. Yeah, 
this guy got over um, in NXT, which there's like a thousand people watching NXT, and you know NXT again, great environment, great show. So I'm not knocking it, but he used to be Leo Kruger, who was a you know a big time BA guy in, in NXT or Florida Championship Wrestling at the time. I think he won that title two times. So you know he had a different gimmick, and then all of a sudden he's Adam Rose as Party Boy. You know looks like a woman. He's, um, and I, you know, they're they're trying to promote him, but it just baffles me. And I tie this in with Alexander Rusev and all these different guys. I think that the era of the gimmick should be long dead and over. Because guys get over on natural talent, they get over on what they say, and they get over on the raw ability. Those three things, more than anything else, you know. Other than Bray Wyatt, who's who's you know does a great job with his gimmick, you don't really need gimmicks at this point. I mean, Triple H eventually he wasn't a gimmick. Cena technically isn't a gimmick. I mean, Randy Orton's not quote-unquote gimmick. I mean, your face, your heel, whatever the case is, you're a tweener, but there's no real gimmicks that they need in the major leagues. Now, these gimmicks don't work. The Adam Rose gimmick is not going to work. It's going to be a horrible bomb. I don't know what Jimmy Corderas is smoking, but it must be some really bad weed because he's saying that this is one of the top five can't-miss talents at NXT, and I think he's one of the top five can and will-miss talents because this type of gimmick will not get over in the WWE. And Alexander Rusev, another, you know, big guy who is tough and speaks another, another foreign-born, you know, Russian, European guy. I mean, did Vladimir Kozlov teach him nothing? The only time Kozlov got over is when he was a comedy act with Santino. But other than that, he didn't get over. He couldn't get over. These these gimmicks, especially the Rusev gimmick, they haven't worked in 30 years. You know, the Cold War is over, guys. You know, we won, quote-unquote. There's no, once Rocky beat Drago, that was it. There's no need do these gimmicks. These gimmicks do not get over with the fans. Nobody likes them. These guys have to be repackaged, sir. Explain to me why the WWE insists on putting stupid gimmicks on talented wrestlers. Well, the whole Bo Weave and, and Fandango on top of that go uh, exactly with your point that gimmicks just don't work, especially with this new generation that the, the WWE is trying to cater towards. Um, I think it's, at the very best, it's comical, and eventually they get made fun of, and I think that they get over that way. But other than that, if if you think that people are going to take seriously these gimmicks, you're sadly mistaken. And, you know, for as good as WWE is at times with some of the things, they're totally lost on this, sir. You're absolutely right. The gimmicks are done and over with. That was the 90s. That was the late 90s type of gimmicks. Now it's just time for just the, the tweener wrestler, where, like, Cesaro is the perfect example He's like not face, not heel. He's just—it's a reality. It's the reality, or like Triple H says, but he's definitely lost in this reality because the gimmicks that are coming out are just horrendous. No, absolutely horrendous. And again, these types of things—they don't get over with the fans. I mean, you know, all these different characters—they—they they try to force these gimmicks down your throat, and the fans just don't care. You know, the fans are not—not not at the major league level, not at the WWE level. The fans just don't care. Name a gimmick that's gotten over. Name one person who's gotten over with their gimmick, other than Bray Wyatt. You know, that's, I can't think of anybody else. And you know what? These guys just don't. Nobody cares. Nobody's interested. Nobody wants to hear this stuff. I mean, you know, just let these guys wrestle. Let them go out there. But again, can you even think of anybody who's gotten over with a gimmick in the last five years, ten years? You know, there's there's not too many. And gimmicks just people don't care. They just want to see you perform more than anything else. I mean, you know. I honestly can't think of any. You know, now that Cesaro's no, over, you know, um, you, no, he's no longer that. I mean, you know, what the hell are we talking about here? You're absolutely right. I mean, I can't think of one either. Maybe, I guess the Whites and Dan Bryan are the two gimmicks that have really made it um, to the top. But other than that, but sir, Dan I mean, Bryan's you're right. not really a gimmick, sir. I mean, that that's really more what, what he is than anything else. So he, it's not really a gimmick, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, definitely. Um, so anything else, sir, before we close up shop? No, I mean, do, you, do we have any guests lined up for next week that are not going to show up? I mean... No, uh, I'm going to talk to Jen and see if she can call in and then not, you know, say she's going to come on the show and then not call in, but we'll have to see. Okay. Uh, again, I'm sure that Julie just got lost, so she forgot, or whatever the case is, or I not, not forgot, but the timing of it was an issue because she I thought she was in. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, and again, generally, he told me to wait till the 15th of April to be able to get a test it because of all the things going on there, so I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I'm over here looking through the, even Alberto Del Rio, how did he get over? He got over with Ricardo Rodriguez and, you know, with the with the announcement, but other than that, that's it. There's there's nothing going on there. 
You know, I mean, and Bradley stuck- Sarah, ladies and gentlemen, I've got some bad news. I mean, is, is that a gimmick? Is that the, the only gimmick we're talking about here, sir? And I mean, those guys that you mentioned, just there, Barrett and uh, Del Rio, they're just uh, stuck in the mid card. They never will make it to the the the, the top echelon uh, level like the John Cena's of the world and Dan Bryan. I just think that they get stuck in that mid card, and then they're just jo- they end up being like you said, they end up being stupid jokes and stupid gimmicks that people make fun of, and then that's the only way they get over is through humor. And I don't think that's the right way. And look at Fandango. Fandango was a, was the hottest thing going. Why Chris Jericho looked at him and said, you know what, this guy, I, I need to lose to him in WrestleMania to put this guy over. What bad weed Jericho was smoking. I guess he was going through midlife crisis, and judging by the 85 tattoos that he's put on his body, you know, since he left the company, basically, I guess it, it proves to it. But again, folks, gimmicks don't work. They can GTH. Um, that's it, sir. Everyone, listen, you know, have a wonderful evening. It was great talking to you, as always. Uh, it's a pleasure. Yours, of course. Tune in next week, next Tuesday, same time, same place, no guests. This is DG of PG reminding you to always keep it PG. And uh, as they say in the business, let's uh, let's send this out on a high note, sir. What's the name of your show? Uh, pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. You guys are awesome. Good night, everyone. Oh, and uh, happy Easter. Woo! Happy Easter.